Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, March 28th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the 94th Annual Academy Awards and some box office. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me on this podcast is Slash Film News Writer Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. Happy Monday. So, Ryan, last time when I talked to you, I think it was Thursday, uh, you sounded uh, a little differently, and you told us that you... Had the allergies, and I wanted—I I, I almost said something back then. I was like, "Ryan, are you sure it's the allergies?" Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what had happened is uh, obviously, you know, COVID's still going around, and I've yeah. gone two years without getting it, and I've been very careful. And and on Tuesday, I had taken a test. Last Tuesday, I'd taken a test because you know the I was like, "Is is this just allergies?" Test came up negative. I'm like, "All right, it must be." And and to be clear, I have like very bad seasonal allergies out here. So I wasn't, yeah. you know, just like being, I wasn't like being avoided. Oh, yeah. like, oh, like I'm, I, not, I'm not pointing blame or whatever. But no, no, no. But I just, ended or not funny because it's not funny. Anybody no, gets Peter, it's but. funny. It's funny. <laughs> I'm not dead. It's funny. <laughs> but so there is an audio record of me now on Thursday on the podcast, just like very much like having straight up COVID and pretending like I don't. <laughs> and then like I took a I took a test Thursday night because I was supposed to go to a screening and I was like, all right, I should be safe. And sure enough, like very clearly positive COVID test. So. So, yeah. So I'm so I'm still kind of recovering right now. But uh, but yeah. The, so if anyone wants to know what like what COVID just sounds like, go and listen to that podcast from Thursday. And there you go. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling over this? Um, Honestly, like the recovery ramp has been so slow. Cause like really I'm almost at a week now and I have like what is very much considered a mild case, but like, it's just been like very incremental day to day, like a little better, a little better, a little better today. I feel mostly okay. But, uh, I guess my main thing is still like, look, I don't know if it's worth derailing our lives over anymore. Cause, <laughs> but like COVID is very much a thing and getting it is not fun. And I guess I would just like to have that said, but you know. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And, and a lot of people had it a lot worse than I did. So here I am. 
Okay, well, that didn't uh, stop you from watching the Academy Awards last night, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, it is Monday, and uh, we, we got to talk about box office and uh, find out what happened over the weekend. Yeah, what it did do was prevent me from joining a whole lot of people and going to see The Lost City this weekend. Um, I had tickets for Friday. I was very much looking forward to this. But uh, The Lost City, starring Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, topped the box office with $31 million. First rom-com to do so in a very long time. Uh, it, it handily beat the Batman, um, which is entering its fourth weekend. And uh, yeah, this is just very good news for original movies, for rom-coms, which Netflix had pretty much seemingly had a chokehold on over the last couple of years. Um, I, I mean, $68 million budget, kind of at the top end of what you might consider to be mid-budget, but still just all around very encouraging. And uh, the other weird thing was... RRR, a, a movie from India that quietly imported itself to America this week, made $9.5 million very quietly, uh, coming in at number three. So very good bit of counter-programming there. Uh, and my take overall is that it was a really encouraging weekend um, because, you know, you had some counter-programming, you had an original movie topping the box office with good numbers. Um, you know, this is the kind of stuff we need and want to see uh, in terms of box office recovery. So... A good week for people. Yeah, who and like you me. also had. Uh, I was gonna say you also had Spider-Man: No Way Home swinging past eight hundred million. Yeah, yeah, totally. So like, even as the movie finally is available on digital and like breaking digital sales records, No Way Home made another two million dollars in its fifteenth weekend and managed to go past eight hundred million domestic, uh, joining only two other movies which have ever done that, which is. Avengers Endgame and and uh, the all time domestic box office champion, uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So, pr pretty pretty incredible stuff there. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, it's interesting because you know people are like, oh, but it was No Way Home. It had all this advantage, and I'm like, well, yes, but if you fumble that ball, you don't get anywhere near two billion dollars global box office because that you know we just celebrated the sixth anniversary of Batman v Superman and. Say what you will, but that movie should have easily made a billion dollars globally, and it didn't. You know, so uh, there's something to be said for not screwing it up. I mean, I remember at the beginning of this when No Way Home was coming out, no one saw that it was going to make this much money. No, anybody, we, anybody that's like that, this is an obvious like ending is being ridiculous. No, and even we, like, I, I was one of the more vocally bullish people. And like there is a podcast like I think the Thursday or Friday before the movie came out where, you know, you would ask me to predict. And I was like, look, I'm going to, you know, and I was even shy about being like, I think it's going to do over 100 million opening weekend. And even that I was a little hesitant to to sort of declare publicly. But, you know, so anyone that was yeah, nobody could have seen this coming. And it's and it's just downright incredible. Yeah. OK, let's talk about the Oscars, because I know that's probably what people want to to hear about uh, we're not going to go over the full list of the winners i'll put the link in the show notes to our article that covers the entire winner so if you you missed it you can go there and read the list but we're going to go through our thoughts on the ceremony and i want to say first of all that i was not really eager to watch this year's ceremony i think it's a combination of um I don't know, last year in movies wasn't like really exciting to me or the one the movies that were exciting didn't really make a mark on, on the award season. 
Um, not that there aren't good movies in the award season, but I don't know. I just felt like I didn't have like a huge dog in this fight this year. So it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I had a very similar feeling. I, 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 the Oscars, I tend to have a lot of fun with, um, outside of like your blockbuster stuff. I tend to love award season and I like to keep up with those movies and like me and my mom used to have a ton of fun with it. You know, we'd have a little Oscar pool every year and yeah, I had the same feeling and, and. I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of these movies are just ethereally getting dumped to streaming and it doesn't feel like as much as it used to. Yeah. And it might also be coming off 2021's Oscars, which, you know, <laughs> were yeah, like well, the pandemic uh, Oscars. It was not even look, a real Oscars. Yeah, no, for real. Like, I mean, I feel bad for, you know, those movies that were nominated last year, like Minari and, and Nomadland and like good movies, but like they just, it was, they were fighting such an impossible fight to have anyone care about that stuff last year that, you know, it, it, yeah, this year kind of was like the weird in between rebound year, I guess. Yes. So I turned on the telecast and, you know, I was actually kind of surprised at how much I was kind of enjoying it, even though it was very predictable. I think everybody I thought was going to win one for the most part. And uh, it seemed like it was a brisk pace until this thing that happened happened. And then the whole thing became awkward and weird for the rest of the telecast. Yeah. I don't know that I thought it was, I thought the host handled some things a bit weird. I thought, I thought it felt produced in a bit of an odd way that felt very un Oscarsy. Um, How so? Well, like, like in the beginning, when they listed off every single name of every celebrity that was going to be there, it felt like a Nickelodeon award show and not like very Oscarsy. Um, oh, have have they never done that before? It didn't. It certainly not. I mean, I've okay. watched I've watched about every Oscars since I can remember. You know, because I'm so into this stuff and and that just <laughs> and it didn't feel. It felt like it. And I, I am certainly not the only person to point this out, but it really felt like they were going after a crowd that doesn't particularly care about the Oscars to try to help viewership and stuff. And at what cost, you know, like, I don't know it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you're sort of alienating the people that do care in the process of trying to get people that don't care is what it felt like to me. Well, we, we should say that the early ratings from Nielsen, like uh, the Oscars have been on a sharp, like a decline for the last 10 years, sharp decline. It, in a uh, viewership in the last year's Oscars. Again, it was the pandemic Oscars. It was uh, less movies and stars there than I think people were excited for. So it, it, it was like the lowest it's ever been. It had a, what was it here? Uh, 10.4 million people watched with a 2.1 demo rating, which were both record lows. And last night's Oscars actually, in the early Nielsen ratings, the Fast Nationals is what they call it, it drew 15.4 million total viewers, up 56% from last year's early counts. In uh, the demo, the show was up 68%, reporting a 3.2 rating thus far. So I, I know we're going to be critical of some of the stuff that they did this year, but maybe it worked? Or is this just because there's like more investment from the mainstream public this year because there's like, you know, big films like Dune. and Yeah. I, I think, I think you completely chalk this up to 
a bit because like you know naturally like if you look at like it's interesting how this isn't rocket science like the box office was up dramatically last year and uh you know you had more investment in movies last year therefore the movies that were nominated this year kind of drew more audience and 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 we're sort of emerging from the pandemic so like people could care about something like this again it was not rocket science to me that that you know, you end up having a, a, a good bump in viewership compared to those like tragic lows last year. Um, I don't think it had anything to do with the structure of the, of the telecast because no, you know, I don't think, I don't think anyone was texting their friends in the middle of this being like, Oh man, you got to tune in. These Oscars are really nailing it. Like, I don't think that's what happened. Well, I think about halfway during, during the ceremony, well, Ryan. Okay. So well, people started texting their friends and were like, you need to turn this on. Something's yeah, going look, down. Yeah. But, uh, but, but it again, wasn't about the movies though. No, well, yeah. And it also wasn't exactly for the best of reasons either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit, but um, okay. A lot had been made about the, the very controversial decision to pre-record some of the categories, some of the below the line categories and then during the telecast present a more edited version of the acceptance speeches and them, uh, you know, the, the awards. Like, so they weren't like cut off of the telecast. They were just um, streamlined and, you know, recorded before the telecast went on the air. And this was an effort to, to make the telecast shorter and mm-hmm. to uh, speed it up again, I think it was still over three and a half hours. So I'm not sure yep. they, they, they accomplished that goal, but I, I'm going to hut take here, Ryan. Oh, I no. actually think it helped. Oh a little bit. no, Peter don't. No, I, I, I listen. <laughs> I, on one hand, as a, as a person who admires the art of filmmaking and considers himself an artist in other ways. Um, I do think it is, uh, kind of disappointing to relegate certain categories to you know not good enough to be live on the air but they've already done that for many years with the technical awards and the you know all the stuff but not to this degree yeah i will say though it it felt speedier i don't know i i in the end i didn't feel i don't know maybe maybe i didn't see the full like what actually happened in that hour or two before the oscars went live but I don't know. It it really felt like it uh, made the Oscars a better pace. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's other ways to work out those pacing issues. I think the biggest thing is like the whole thing was that they were arguing that they needed to keep the telecast to three hours. In the yeah. end, even by cutting those awards, it was the it was longer than I think the past two or three Oscars combined. Like. So you didn't save any time. You still went overtime. Um, and and a lot of the stuff you made time for didn't, again, was sort of going against the core audience you're trying to keep. So, yeah, to me, that didn't work. There's no reason. And I think that they, they someone, I th- I, I, I'm so sorry with my brain fog stuff going on right now. I forgot who wrote it up for us. But those eight awards were presented in like 35 minutes before the show. So, mm-hmm. like you can present those eight awards in 35 minutes and you somehow can't make room for them in a telecast that already goes over. I don't know. Um, it, it, to me, the, the, uh, that, that, that speaks to the whole idea of there are other ways to work out the pacing issues. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
What, what did you think of this year's Oscar hosts? Uh, um, you didn't like them. I don't want to. I, I I don't. I can't remember the last time I legitimately liked a host of the Oscars. Like I know it's been a while. It's a thankless job. Like it's and it's something I've thought about for a long time. Like it's a it's a thankless job, and I don't think. I thought like there was like the, uh, the weird like COVID testing bit where she was essentially like sexually assaulting dudes on stage was a bit strange. Um, I thought like some of the low blow jokes for like, you know, the last duel were a bit uncalled for. Like, I don't know. I just thought there was more negative than positive to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but again, it's, it's not, I'm not really here to criticize an Oscar host because there's really no, it's, it's a, it's a very thankless job. So. We always say that, but I feel like when Billy Crystal is doing it, it he's feels... the one guy. He's the yeah. one guy. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, one of the last ones I actually liked, and I was in the minority. I thought when they asked Seth MacFarlane to do it, he did exactly what you would think Seth MacFarlane would do with it, and then everyone got mad about it. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you ask him to do it? If... See, I just don't like him, so I think that's why I didn't like him. Yeah, but fair I, enough. I agree it, with you. If you like, ask him to do it, th- he did exactly what you would expect him to do. Yeah, for me it worked, you know. Uh, but but yeah, like it's but that's exactly the point, right? Like it's it's that's why it's so hard to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I saw someone today talk joking about having like Liam Neeson do it, and like. And I'm like, you know, and someone commented that if Liam Neeson just played it pretty straight, he would actually be a good host. And I'm like, that's actually I could see that because it doesn't have to be about like being hilarious or doing this and that because you just don't have that much time. You know, just have someone, you know, a respectful, good actor, just get up there and do the job. The problem, the Oscars don't want to be an award show. They want to be the Super Bowl. They want they want to entertain those mainstream audiences is what they want they've got to stop that that's the problem is like you saw the pitfalls of that this year and like honestly the oscars outside of the super bowl are one of still one of the biggest live action or live uh live broadcast draws on all of television and they sold all of their ad slots ahead of the show so like they made all of their money they got their audience back like don't Stop trying to shoot yourself in the foot by being something you're not. Like I just don't understand. Don't 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 become the Golden Globes. Like don't ruin yourself. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they don't become the Golden Globes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like don't. There is a path where they are. The Oscars are. And and the other concerning thing here is that like, and we can talk about this here in a second. But like, a lot of the reason like adult skewing interesting movies are still getting made is because studios still care about competing for Oscars. If the Oscars suddenly become like lose their value, studios will stop caring about making those movies. That is very important to not let that happen. So let's not forget that. That is a very good point, Ryan. That's an incredible point. I didn't even think about. Um, okay, uh, you know, I will say that I did like the multiple hosts aspect of that because that that allowed for some some funny moments, like uh, you know Amy Schumer coming later and be like oh did i miss anything i felt like that was a uh, much needed like the air in the room we'll, we'll get to that, mo- uh, that, that <laughs> but like, I, I feel like someone needed to say something and i'm, I'm like you got to that um okay let's talk about the big winners of the night uh dune won a lot of awards but it wasn't like 
the big big awards yeah dune right. won six it won the most out of any and uh and uh yeah uh kind of as expected dune won a lot of the technical awards and and no none of the biggies so we got sound score editing production design cinematography and visual effects um i guess the biggest yeah. industry news of the awards is something that like we were talking about in our slack channel last night yeah is that apple well first of all let me set the stage here netflix for years now has been trying to get this best picture oscar they've spent i think it's been reported that the, every year they spend hundreds of millions of dollars to try to get this award yeah, I mean, over the last few years, the Irishman alone was like a two hundred million dollar thing. Yeah, so they might have spent a billion dollars so far trying to to get this one statue, the Best Picture statue. Yep. And Apple, in like their first year or two, shows up at Sundance, spends a lot of money. Like I'm not saying like a little amount of money. They spent a lot of money for Coda. Well, they spent like twenty five million for Coda, right? Yeah, I mean, but for a Sundance acquisition, I think that might have been like one of the biggest. I mean, it's big, but in terms yeah. of like deep pockets for a streaming service, oh, yeah. not, it's not nothing a, for Apple. It's nothing. Yeah, but they sh showed up at, at Sundance, bought this movie. I, I'm sure they put some money into you know, absolutely they advertised it, uh, the shit out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying they didn't do anything. Um, but they basically cut Netflix in line and stole their the trophy that they've been trying to get to. And Absolutely the first, wild. Yeah, they became the first streaming service to win the Best Picture. Yep, yep. Apple, uh, Apple, just a little over two years after launching Apple TV Plus, just frog leaped over Netflix, which had two of their movies nominated for Best Picture, uh, <laughs> with Power of the Dog and uh, Don't Look Up two very different plays to try to get that best picture and ultimately like code of the feel good movie won it. And, but not just that they, they've, you know, given Martin Scorsese a few money to go. They, they gave Martin they've... Scorsese an irresponsible amount of money. <laughs> um, Alfonso Cuarón, like over the years, they've, they've really been like, we want this best picture. But you know, what's funny though, to your point, <laughs> is Apple has now swooped in and got Scorsese's next movie. Like, Apple is the one with Killers of the Flower Moon, not Netflix. So is, um, and by the way, I want to say Coda, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Coda. Coda won because it was a good movie. Um, I'm just talking about the business end of things. because I, 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 I sent out a tweet last night, and I think people took it the wrong way. I'm not saying, like, Apple bought the award. But Apple did acquire the movie. But everyone that's ever won an Academy <laughs> Award has essentially bought the award in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it is, it is, you have to understand that in some way that's the case. Yeah. But um, I think the interesting thing here from an industry perspective is a year ago, I feel like Apple was not really a contender. Like, they weren't. We were kind of mocking them on the site. Uh, it's, it's my chagrin because I'm an Apple fanboy. So I, 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 I was kind of like the one guy on Slash Mom being like, guys, they actually have some good TV on here, but no one's watching it because no one has Apple TV Plus. But over the last year, you know, maybe year and a half, because I, I feel like it started with, um, oh, what's that show? Uh, oh, my God. I have to find out, man. I know, like, Ted Lasso. The, uh, the like song, Ted Lasso. Point. Ted Lasso is the yeah. show, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they've gotten a bunch of like big 
like TV shows that people are are critically acclaimed. I don't think I'm not sure if it's mainstream at this point. I have like, no idea what their viewership numbers are like, and they and they are they are maybe the most cagey streaming service about viewership. Like they don't give anything. Yeah. Like they're they they'll every once in a while be like Ted Lasso was our biggest show. We're like cool. What does that mean? You know, because like because they don't show it. They don't share shit. So. You know, it, it, it's interesting. Like, I don't know how many people watched Coda. Like, I have no idea. I mean, I was watching Severance over the weekend. So good. It's such a great show. I'm not, not trying to convince you to get Apple TV Plus, uh, Ryan. But I don't know. I feel like after this award show, is is Apple now a contender? Like, I feel like this might have actually made them like a streaming service that people are actually going to have to keep their eye on. Yeah, I mean, there's no question this changes it. But then I think the bigger thing is that like just it doesn't matter who did it the fact that now a streaming service has one best picture it changes everything because the fact of the matter is all these streaming movies they were given token theatrical releases just to qualify for the awards they were straight up streaming movies yeah i wrote a thing for us a while back that made a point that like almost none of the best best picture nominees made a dent at the box office you know like which is you know really important moving forward and it's not like, and like the fact that Coda is not in theaters right now, like what usually happens is like whatever wins best picture, you'll see like a huge bump in the box office after the fact. Well, like Coda is what you're going to see is a bump in Apple TV plus subscriptions, you know? So for me, going back to that point of like the reason the industry cares about Oscars, you know, is it now just to bump some streaming subscriptions, uh, streaming subscriptions? Uh, that's the concern for me. And, and I don't know, does this now lead you more toward a path of like more streaming dominance in this area? Or does this encourage other studios to try even harder and say, screw you, Netflix, we can still win best picture too. You know? So like it, 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 uh, I don't know which way this is going to go. And, and I would prefer to see it go the way of like, Warner Brothers and Universal and Paramount and Sony doubling down even harder to try to compete more in this arena uh, rather than it just being like a streaming game now. Yeah. I also want to mention in the winners of the night, uh, the star of Coder, Coda, who uh, became the second deaf actor to win an Oscar uh, Oscar that that was just such a great acceptance speech. Well, first yeah, of all, Troy, right? Troy Coaster winning. Yeah. That was like, that would, that had to have been the best moment of the night. Like that, that's, that's one of those moments that like, it's hard to be cynical about. Yeah, no, that, that was, if you have not seen it search for that online, I feel like that was just in a really emotional moment. Both Kitcher and I were like in bed watching this crying. <laughs> yeah. Just... I had no idea. Cause like he was talking about like, his dad was like the best signer in their family. And then his dad became paralyzed and couldn't sign anymore. It was just like, man, yeah. oh man, that was, yeah, that was a, that was a hell, that was a hell of a speech. Yeah. And it was also great. Like, uh, the host, um, or not the host, the yeah, presenter grabbing the Oscar from him so that he could sign. Yeah. That was re- <laughs> That was a really nice moment. Like it, it, again, that's one of those, like more of that, please. Like more of like, let's please celebrate these things and, and give people a moment to, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that that that's like why you watch that stuff as someone who loves movies. Is there any other big winners of the night? Uh, well, the, the interesting thing I pointed out was that uh, so the, I think the only big surprise of the night was No Time to Die winning for best song. And um, what's interesting about that is is the James Bond no James Bond song had ever won in best song 
until Adele won for Skyfall. And now the last three Daniel Craig Bond movies have all won for best original song. So kind of <laughs> fascinating. So uh, <laughs> do you think that's going to be a bargaining chip going forward for whoever does the song for Bond movies? Like, you know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you, you could know. Be on you your got, way to your EGOT with uh, this. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, it's just it's just it's just weird. I didn't realize that till last night because I know like some others had been. Not, and the other interesting thing is the only other actor, not counting the American Casino Royale, the only other actors uh, Bond movies to receive any nominations was Roger Moore, which is oh, wow. so which is so interesting. Like so. Yeah, kind of a weird, kind of a weird thing. Uh, just a, just a bit of an odd. And for the record, I thought No Time to Die was an excellent Bond song, so I don't have any issue with it winning. It's just that we, I think we all kind of were waiting for Lin Manuel Miranda to get his egot last night, and uh, and and he didn't. And it's it's just kind of that was one of the only surprises of the night, I think. Well, it looks like he'll have to do the theme song for the next Bond movie. To got, you know, who who knows? That, that doesn't even seem that far fetched. <laughs> okay, who was the biggest loser of the night, Ryan? Uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. <laughs> <laughs> why? What do you mean why? Like it was the, the, nobody watched the show last night and was like, "You've had the most positive yeah. take on it as anyone that I've talked to." There oh, is. I, I'm not saying it was a good show. I, 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 I'm just. And like I said, you have it, the it most like positive it was going, take. <laughs> it just felt like it was going better than I expected. I was again, enjoying it more than I was expecting. But I, also, I was a person that had no enthusiasm. Right. But again, I'm still standing by you have the most positive okay. take of okay. anyone I've talked to. And so, by the no, way, this yeah. is me before the slap. No, no, you know totally. I mean? But 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 I'm just saying and then after like, the slap, it was a it was a disaster. It was like it was. I don't know. I guess let's talk about the slap in a second. Yeah, I guess no, but I'm just so no, no, and I'm I'm not trying to be funny. I I think the Academy has some stuff to work out. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and there's stuff we haven't even talked about, like the fact that Dune, a Warner Brothers movie, Disney's biggest competitor, and this was not pointed out by me. This was pointed out by Scott Mendelson. I should point out the yeah a box office writer. Uh, Forbes.com. Forbes.com. Uh, but but uh, Dune got almost all of its awards off camera. And it was the biggest earner of the Best Picture winners and Disney's biggest competitor. And Disney, uh, meanwhile, owns ABC and yet made time for like Cruella to get its Oscar on the air. So that's not a good look. Um, you know, like. Well, eh. let's. Uh, I mean, that, that's a good conspiracy theory. There, no, no, I'm not saying it was intentional. ABC doesn't have doesn't have access to who the winners are. I'm not like, saying it was intentional. I'm saying it's a bad yeah. look after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Although I think if you had anybody that was like doing Vegas odds and predicting who was going to win, they could have told ABC this is how it's going to play out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not going conspiracy. Yeah. I'm saying it's a bad look after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Um, yeah. I was going to bring up the, so the Oscars in you know, <laughs> in their, they they feel like they're becoming irrelevant, and you know a lot of these the films and stars here are not the like the films that people are watching especially last year and to appeal to mass audiences they decided this year to do a couple like twitter polls like do they actually give oscars for these or are they just like for the telecast it's just, i think it's just for the telecast and uh 
I hope to God no one gets an Oscar. I don't think so. Look, look, and for the record, if Army of the Dead gets an Oscar, I'm fine with it. But like, but, but, uh, yeah, like (laughs) as, as seemingly Army of the Dead's number one fan, um, like I, a a guy, I should mention a guy who paid to go see that movie in theaters twice. Uh, yeah. But so uh, let's be fair. Army of the Dead won, according to this Twitter poll conducted by the Academy, won the best movie of this last year or it was like the best fan what was the what was the exact uh i forgot the uh the fan favorite winner is what whatever the movie yeah uh which which was basically like what ended up happening is they put up this thing on twitter which was really a ruse to try to get spider-man no way home an award yeah and then like a bunch of like different fandoms hijacked it where like malignant was in the running some johnny depp movie nobody had seen was in the running and then like a bunch of Zack snyder fans got Zack snyder movies in so it was like a weird sort of you know like the internet was always gonna do the wrong thing with this and yeah the other award was favorite cheer moment which was oh. won by Zack snyder's justice league in the the, the memorable Ryan, do you remember when flash Ezra Miller ta- uh, tapped into the speed force to reverse time? Such a strange thing because I liked Zack Snyder's justice league a lot more than I <laughs> thought I was going to not yeah. even close to the most memorable moment in that four hour movie. Like, yeah. so what a bizarre thing to, and it also, by the way, this was not for movies that came out last year. This was like ever like the matrix like the the dodging the bullets from the matrix was also listed so we're talking oh, about yeah. like and like and like the avengers assemble moment from avengers endgame so we're talking like all time and somehow that so no that this was so skewed see i think this is the biggest loser of the night and the, the, this is i guess this goes to your point of the academy being the biggest loser of the night yes <laughs> because this, this just seems like egg this is like a all-time low moment for the academy it was an egg on the face moment to be certain um do you think they'll continue doing this i i i don't know because they don't seem to be capable of making good decisions um so i don't know uh uh yeah that yeah but i do think that goes to my overall point that the the because the because now the academy's in a what do you do now situation and uh i don't know (laughs) i don't know okay let's talk about the elephant in the room and the, that is the Chris Rock, Will Smith uh, situation. So Chris Rock was on stage. He was telling some jokes. He made a comment about how Will Smith's wife is going to star in G.I. Jane 2 or something. Yeah, and Will Smith, and to be clear, Jada Pinkett Smith is bald, and she's been very clear about the fact that she has alopecia and is losing her hair, and it's kind of, you know, it's a tough thing. Like, I, as a man who is losing my hair even though it's more common for men, like it's not easy for me to deal with. So I actually sympathize greatly with that, to be clear. So if you are the one person on earth who hasn't seen this video, because it's gone viral online, uh, what happened was Will Smith got out of his chair, angrily walked on stage, slapped Chris Rock in the face, which to me on first watch, I was like, what is going on? And it looked almost like it was a planned yeah. I was like, oh, this is the worst planned bet of the Oscars. I was like, this is, but it's interesting because what is going on? Like, it didn't seem clear to me. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. What's what's going on here? And then he walked back out and they, they muted the audio so you couldn't hear it. But all, obviously the audio has gotten out yep. internationally. And he basically was like, you know, keep 
my effing wife's name out of your mouth. And, and you he screamed it twice to make sure Chris Rock heard him. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what were you thinking when this happened? Well, so what was interesting is I was watching on like an antenna, like through live TV. And apparently my broadcast was like 30 seconds ahead of everyone else's in our Slack channel last night. And so I was the first one that was like, wait, the audio cut out. Will Smith was on stage. Well, oh my God. And so I, and then like, and then like everyone <laughs> caught up to me and then like very quickly the audio, like it's, I got to tell you what, what, what always blows my mind more than anything is how Twitter is so fast at everything the quickest delivery system for information in human history is twitter like it is crazy how quickly like the unedited video was available on twitter in like 4k (laughs) you know like it is crazy (laughs) um and i'm not even kidding like it was within minutes uh and and i yeah i don't know it it was it was stunning like it was and, and to try to process all of everything that happened because everyone had takes on it that I didn't even have where it was like, I didn't even really consider that. Like we just watched like a, like a straight up assault happen on live TV. I didn't necessarily process it that way, but that's really what happened. And, you know, and also minutes before Will Smith finally wins his Oscar, something he's been chasing for decades, you know, and, and like a really, like an actor that certainly deserves to have one, Yeah, you know, like, so and it's a great performance, which was deserving of the yeah, Oscar. Yeah, it was a very great performance, and like, and so that's what sucks more than anything is that like. Will so Smith, does this taint that that moment that he's yes, been working for? Yes, of course it does, because this is all anyone's ever going to talk about. Yeah, you know, and and like the guy, you know, that like again, I stand one hundred percent by Will Smith as an actor should absolutely have an Oscar on his mantle. Uh, I don't think anyone would have been upset if he got that you know, statue for this performance and got to go up there and give the speech he had originally planned. And, you know, but now, now the annals of history are going to have this instead of, yeah. you know, so it's interesting. It, to me, this threw off the, the tone. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they're the air in that room changed after that moment. <laughs> like, it's yeah. But like, like, is that even remotely surprising? No, no, not at all. Uh, it was just weird. It just, it, and uh, I think, honestly, I think the biggest loser in the, that moment was Questlove, who yeah, 100%. had this emotional 100%. speech. He won Summer of Soul, but everybody was too busy. I didn't, like, Brad brought it up in her Slack. And I was like, wait, Questlove won something? Like, I, I didn't even know because I was too busy searching, trying to figure out what happened. No, I, I definitely saw because I was also like, so just so people like a little peek yeah. behind the curtain you know, we have to cover this stuff very quickly. And so what I was doing for us was I was getting recordings of the speeches that I could put in our Slack channel. So if anyone was writing a piece about an award that was given out, they would have like the audio to reference of the speech. So I was like recording Questlove's speech. So like, I knew that like, oh, okay. Like he, but then it was like, I had that immediate thought like, dude, this sucks. Like Questlove just won an Oscar for like a great documentary and nobody cares. Yeah. No one, no one was paying attention. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to keep too much on this Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, but I think we should weigh in here. Uh, in your mind, who who is wrong here? Uh, here's the thing. Like, the, 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 there's a nuanced conversation to be had. We're going to hear yeah. 
Over the next few days, weeks, we're going to hear every take imaginable on the planet. <laughs> and no one needs to hear what I think. But uh, since you asked, this is very much a gray area thing. Chris Rock went up there, told a joke. Uh, I don't know if he knew or didn't know, but it, it came off as pretty insensitive. Yeah. Um, Even if he didn't know, like making a joke about a woman's yeah, appearance, right. it and, seems... And, no, but look, again, but it happened to be about something... Yeah, and that's the thing. It's really right. Like, it's probably not okay to, to joke about someone's appearance. Like, I had someone once address my sort of receding hairline, someone that I didn't really know, and it it bothered the shit out of me. You know, so Ryan, like... Ryan, don't ever start a YouTube channel. Right, no, <laughs> I, I know. I'm just, and I haven't. There's a reason I haven't. And so, you because know, I, but, um, I, I, I get comments about my weight, about whatever, all the time. It, it's horrible. Right. People... And, and but, but so there's that. And so the weird thing is like Will Smith in the video seems to laugh a little bit at first. And then Jada clearly didn't. And then so he like there's been there. There's a nuanced conversation to be had here. Uh, is, is there a, a rightful reason for Will Smith to defend his wife's honor? Sure. Is, is doing it the way that he did the right way to do it? Absolutely not. Uh, so was well, is, there... is violence ever the answer? And I, I would vote 99.99999% of the time. No, it isn't. Do I think that like Will Smith and Chris Rock having a fight in the alley behind the Oscars is the answer? No. Um, I'm not going to get into whether or not I ever think violence is an answer. That's not, again, there's a nuance. That's a much more nuanced conversation, but but, but no, I just think that there was like, this was definitely a situation where there was like a little bit of wrong on both sides. And, uh, and, and, and will, and in the aftermath, all I can say is Will Smith, Will Smith handled it about as bad as anyone could have handled something. And, uh, Chris rock. Look, this is maybe not the right thing to say. That guy can take a hit like a champ. Uh, cause man, he rebounded. Like, I mean the way that he, cause you imagine the, the myriad of ways you can react to that in the moment. It's crazy <laughs> how well he reacted to that. Yeah. Um, I think right he was or wrong, shocked. I just think he was in shock. Yeah. But like I take a punch from Will Smith, I'm definitely going to react differently. You know, like he, he handled it, yeah. uh, you know, right or wrong. That's a take that I have, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I don't really. I don't really have anything profound yeah. to say about it other than that. Like there's clearly a little bit of a, it's, it definitely exists in the gray and nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Yeah. I definitely don't have a profound take on it either, but it was interesting to me that last night, right after those happened, there were so many people arguing that, you know, Chris Rock was in his right to make the joke or that Will Smith was in the right because the alopecia thing. And I was like, you all are crazy. Both of these people are in the wrong <laughs> to, to, to me. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how the best way to handle the situation. I'm not Chris Rock. I'm not Will Smith. I'm not at the Oscars. I'm not in this situation. But it seems to me both both people are in the wrong to me in some way. So Yeah, and that, uh, and that's the point. Like they there there's definitely a little bit of wrong to acknowledge on both sides and and uh and uh yeah, I don't know. And then like this opens up a whole conversation about like you know, the issue with comedy currently and how you navigate the current landscape and comedy. And uh, there's just all it is. That's the problem with this is that this opens up the floodgates for like 50 different discussions. Yeah. And then I've seen people talk. Well, that's the other thing is people do watch the Oscars because it's the one time every year that you can watch these famous people that you know from the movies, like get served kind of like a roast. They get roasted by the hosts. Do I mean like they, they, they get brought down one i I guess yeah maybe that's why 
some people i don't know I, i'm not I, saying that's why i watch it but i think yeah. there is a lot of people that watch it because there's that sure yeah i don't know it just um it really does suck that like in a year that was like meant to rebound for like the film industry as a whole the yeah. one thing we're talking about is the literally still the biggest star in the world like doing this instead of like finally winning his Oscar. It just sucks that like that is now what gets talked about. I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it just, it, it, it to, in my, is like someone who loves movies and want the, wants these things to work and be okay. Oh God damn it. Do I hate that? Like some gossipy thing is now overshadowing like an actor. I genuinely love finally yeah. winning winning an Oscar for what I thought was an outstanding performance. And his acceptance speech was weird. Yeah, and would you, but but because I guarantee you, he had a completely different speech planned. Probably. Imagine the shock running through his veins because he clearly did something out of like pure adrenaline in the moment. That was not a well thought out thing. <laughs> and then no. imagine you being the most famous person in the world, having to go up there and deliver a speech after something you've been chasing for decades, while also having to like apologize for something you just did. Yeah. Imagine that kind of pressure being on your shoulders and delivering a coherent thing in that moment. Also, I, I don't know, not, not to get back to the whole thing of like, you know, we should, I feel like there's one side of the Academy that's like, we should treat all the categories equal. We need to, you know, editing is just as important as the best picture. But then on the other hand, you have like, you know, uh, the woman who won for costuming got played off, but Will Smith gets to go on for. <laughs> it okay. Like 10 all right. Uh, but imagine, imagine you're the producer or director of the Oscars yeah, in the moment. Yeah. Are you playing Will Smith off? No, 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 I'm you not. can't. You now under normal circumstances, if he goes on for six minutes, yes, you play him off under this circumstance. You can't do it. Yeah. So like, I, Again, I don't even think under normal circumstances any director in the right mind would play him off. I think at a certain point maybe you can casually lean into it, but I think like in this in this circumstance, yeah. I, I again it just it just it derailed everything. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the in memorandum memorandum in, uh, in memoriam memoriam? <laughs> Sorry. Hey man, uh, I'm the you... one with brain fog and COVID uh, here. I should not be the one steering this ship yeah. correctly. Sorry. Um, no, what, what, what did you think of the, the way they handled that this year? Uh, this is by far the most negative I've ever been about anything ever on Slash Film. Like, oh, really? Yeah, like, I'm never this negative. Uh, like, and, and I don't like to be. Like, I should have that be said. I hate being negative. I detest it. I like <laughs> to like stuff. This is Me not too. what I do. Uh, but uh, the In Memoriam was handled weird, too. Like, the, What didn't you like about it? It was weird that they were like, I, look, don't get me wrong. I get like Ivan Reitman, Betty White, Sidney Poitier. Like you got to, you sing, but like singling out a few people out of all of the people made it feel like they were better than the other they were people. better than the other people. Like the weird, like song choices. I don't know. It just felt like it felt odd and it felt like it sort of pulled some focus from the actual people i don't know it did, did it, it was another thing that felt off to me uh and and um yeah i don't know um see i i kind of liked it but i also 100 percent agree with you that 
it goes against this whole philosophy that the academy is trying to treat all the parts of the the arts that they represent equally and like like, like don't get me wrong there, there would never be an editor yeah, or yeah, sound like the, guy that yeah. gets that 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 like in this treatment would ever get like the speech yeah like don't get me wrong like Sidney Poitier like give that guy five minutes let someone go up there let Sam Jackson or, or or someone go up there and like plan five minutes in the show to honor Sidney Poitier but like when you're doing the in memoriam segment I think I think what makes that work is like you're, you're kind of everyone's on equal ground for a minute you know like these were people that affected the film yeah. industry like let's give them their time and the audience will do its thing like i remember the year robin williams died and like when you got to robin williams in that moment like the audience did its thing you know like it, it you know the audience brings their their thing to it you know so like you don't necessarily need to overemphasize it um because the 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 audience brings their own baggage to it and that's kind of what works about that in memoriam segment and uh yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, to me it was I I guess I understand the the swing and the miss of it all there like attempting something different but it didn't really work for me. It's interesting after talking about the Oscars, uh, Oscars with you today, Ryan, it, it becomes very evident to me that the Academy doesn't know what to do. It, it, they they want to appeal to the mass audiences. Um but they also want to honor all of the different branches of the academy equally but there's not a way to do both of those at the same time uh it seems like they're they, those yeah. two things seem so at heads with each other yeah yeah i guess i guess this goes back to and they want to be prestige but if you want to appeal to the masses uh i'm not saying that they orchestrated this because they had nothing to do with this but like this became a reality show and i'm sure some of the, that rating there was because people tuned on to see the the circus you know sure. i mean and yeah th that's that's not prestige no and it's and it's also not what any of this is about and you know i think like you know rather simply in my view as someone who loves this stuff and i loved i genuinely love watching the oscars like i was one of the only so many people in our field are, are cynical about the Oscars. I loved it. I used to love it. I used to love me and my mom every year would get together. We would go to her house. She would make dinner. We would like watch like it would be a thing. And like we would invite a few people over like anyone who was interested and like we would straight up enjoy it. And like, you know, me and my mom would make a point to like go watch as many of the movies as we could. And like it was like an activity for us. and We loved it. And so my thing is like go back to make it about the movies and the people that give a crap and to the nominating bodies, you know, maybe, maybe be okay with, you know, a good movie is a good movie and nominate good movies, regardless of what kind of movie they are. And, you know, cause I think sometimes like there's been this weird trend of like only nominating like very artsy or very like, you know, certain types of movies that don't always necessarily get, 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 butts and seats and and i think that you know the oscars of old you know where star wars can earn like you know nine oscar nominations like it, it maybe wouldn't be terrible to get back to that uh, in some way and and you know all movies are movies and a good movie's a good movie and and maybe that mentality can permeate a bit but um i just don't know i don't see how we get back there ryan i i, I don't I agree either. with you i don't but... either but that's like that for me like just as someone as an observer those are my, you know, what I guess I'd like to see. And that's all I can really offer. Yeah. Do you have any last thoughts on this year's Oscars? 
um, or observations or of any kind. I think I think as again as someone who has like watched and enjoyed this stuff even long before I was ever writing about it for a living. Um, it's a bummer that it came to this, <laughs> and I really. Uh, I'm much like when COVID hit, I became very concerned about what the future of like the theatrical marketplace was. Um, I'm very concerned about what this means for like award season in general. And, and again, it all goes back to this has a direct impact on the kind of movies that get made. And, um, you know, if we lose this, what do we lose in terms of the kinds of movies that get made? That's what I think about. That's why I care. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to lose the next No Country for Old Men simply because there isn't an Oscars to care about. Yeah. By the way, I don't think you lose the next No Country. I think you just get less money for the next No Country and then you get less. Well, then you lose. Then then you yeah. in some way do lose it. You know, yeah. like you, you, I agree. I agree. You know, like it. it, it, it uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just want to be clear there. Like, I think there's still actors and directors that are going to want to make this stuff. It's just that they're going to get less to do it. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, like I said, then but then that goes to your your you're losing cast time, days, set pieces. Yeah. You don't get the same results that way. 100%. Uh, and and so that, you know, and and as we kind of saw this year, it's not necessarily the same if it's just a streaming movie and it's and it's and it's always just streaming movies and you know, then it's the Emmys for longer things. I don't know. Um it uh I'm rambling a bit, but yeah, this is a, it, it's not good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I hope I have more like, you know, this year I wasn't excited I, in previous years. I've been like, this is my Super Bowl as a film fan. I love, I'm not one of those cynical award season guys. I, I'm also not the guy that like follows the award season, all, you know, award season, but I'm, I used to love watching the Oscars and I feel like in the last couple of years, it's just been. I think it's my investment. I've just not invested in a lot of these films. And uh, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully that can change. Hopefully, you know, obviously 2020 was a a historically interesting year. Um, And there's a reason why the the previous Oscars was what what it was. And I think now this coming year, we're going to have such a, overwhelming amount of movies being released and it's going to be interesting to see what the oscars are like next year yeah, yeah. uh morbius sure. for best picture everyone <laughs> yeah okay anyways you can find more of our work at slash home.com you can find this podcast on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps uh please feel free to send your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at home.com and please rate and read this podcast on apple Podcasts. tell your friends spread the word and we'll see you tomorrow.